Horror. and welcome back to True Believers, the podcast where there's never enough said about the MCU. I am Ray Russo, and I have with me my wonderful co-hosts, Chris O'Connor. That is me. And Becca Raybergen. Hello, I am here. So this is our first week without WandaVision, guys. How did you all cope with this? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I'm fine. I think I did okay. <laughs> what did you uh, What did you end up watching to sort of fill the void? The documentary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like a bad podcaster. You also watched Winter Soldier last night, Becca. I did, but we're we're still in, we're talking about WandaVision right now. No, but you filled the watching void. You <laughs> yeah. had time in your day you would not have otherwise had. I mean, it was yeah. Friday night. I watched Winter Soldier because I wanted to. <laughs> I know. It's, it's still like my favorite. It's the one I will watch anytime. Yeah, I feel like a pretty bad pod host. I, I didn't watch the uh, the documentary for the series that we we're going to discuss in more detail in just a moment. But I did, I did watch most of Captain America: Civil War, uh, so there is that. Ha ha ha! And also, I'm just I'm like this close to finishing uh, Cobra Kai on Netflix, which is amazing. Yeah. So if you did not see the making of documentary, I highly recommend that you go and see it. Be prepared for some cursed images. Yeah. So apparently, like, blurst. Blurst. Blessed and cursed. Mostly cursed. Okay. So the one thing that I really, that really got me from the documentary is for the black and white episodes, they realized that painting Paul Bettany red didn't really work on black and white film. So they painted him blue. And there are all these pictures of him just like with this blue face and all like the little white dots and his ears are not painted and it's just nightmare fuel. I found the... Like, magenta, red, like, Paul Bettany face, even more horrifying than the blue. That was disturbing to me. <laughs> yeah. It's like Uncanny Valley. Yeah. Because you know what it's supposed to be, and you also know what Paul Bettany looks like, and it's neither of those. Paul Bettany, with, who had a fake butt. Wait, what? In the in the Aww. first episode, the live in front of a studio audience, he had apparently in his pants, he had a fake rear end, and it apparently gave him better posture. They're, oh, oh my god. Oh my goodness! They, he had to have like that ramrod straight, yep. like mid mid century American straight up, straight back. Yep. You know, jutting shoulders kind of look. All right. Yeah, yeah. I kudos to all the actors who had to look at at Paul Bettany in his weird, weirdly colored face and with the covered in the dots, and were able to look at that and then emote the way they were supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I feel like most of it is uh, Elizabeth Olsen, and she's been dealing with that for years. Right. Yeah. So she's got practice. Did they? Did they ever? um, 
I can't, you know, I, I suppose they probably addressed this in the documentary, but did the process for him used to be like he looked more like um, the vision? Like, did they try to, to go for the look or has it always just been, let's just cover his face in dots and we'll digitally? It's probably always been digital. Oy. I don't, I feel like so I might have seen some older set photos where it looked a little more. Maybe like an Ultron? Yeah, maybe an Age of Ultron. Or maybe for like stunt work. Yeah. Oh man, the stunt, stunt work head. they were showing was freaking awesome. Like the rigs that they had for all the flying scenes Whee! were so it fucking was so cool. cool. Also, yeah, the the green there was a green person who was there who had like somebody just dressed in green screen clo- cloth who had yeah. to catch the people as they zoomed by on the rigs. That is such an interesting. Like man, you know, you think about like old like wire work has been in movies for forever and ever, um, for for decades and decades. And like you know, you see like all those old kung fu movies where they're on wire work, but now you can do things on wires where it's just like, yeah, just dress this guy in green. We'll remove him; it's fine. It doesn't yeah. matter. You can have ex, you can have helpers all over this person, and we'll remove them. And it's <laughs> like they weren't even there. Also, the um, so they were they went into a lot of detail about the that live first, you know, the studio audience first episode. Mm-hmm. They talked to Dick Van Dyke. You know, he apparently was a pretty big. Um, consultant for them for those first two episodes. What? And and apparently the VFX guy, or just not the VFX guy, the SFX guy, um, he had been mentored by the people who did the effects on Bewitched. So huh. he knew how to do all those little tricks that yeah, we saw crazy. with wires on... Uh, yes. Yeah. Really cool. There was so much love put into that. Even even the audience seating was 1950s. The audience came dressed in like 50s clothes. Did they? Was the audience like made up of like Disney staff? I, I have no idea who it was, but like, <laughs> I, I think it was really exciting for a lot of the actors. And uh, Elizabeth Olsen liked to talk. She talked a bit in the video about how like, or in the documentary about how when you're in you know, acting school, learning all these different styles of acting that are really out of date and never used. She's like, oh my God, I actually get to do this. Like, I get <laughs> to do this old-fashioned sitcom acting. And it, mo- it just sounds like everyone who worked on it had a blast. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they, there was so much thought and care and love put into the into the show. And just, like, especially when they, the, they spent a lot of time talking to... Um, the couple that did the theme songs and that was that was mm-hmm. also really fun and like everybody apparently really liked the 80s one which maybe wasn't my favorite one but i mean it was their era right yeah i i really jammed to let's keep it going because that's my <laughs> era so Ooh. all right well uh yeah i mean for me agatha all along is the best one um and uh i i like the i liked the 60s want division want division yeah, I think I called that the unofficial official theme of WandaVision. The whole thing. Like, this is just what one. it is. Like, it, when this uh, gets whatever awards it's going to get, like, at the little reel, they'll play that song. Yeah, they should. Oh, my God. So somebody, and I've mostly seen this on TikTok, made, like, a VHS of WandaVision, as in they actually recorded it onto VHS, made the label for it, and then made the box for oh, the that's VHS so cool. case. That's great. And it was freaking <laughs> that's awesome. So cool. I was just... <laughs> This is so cool. That is so good. And yeah, not not for nothing. Like this is uh I mean, uh do, do you either of you know when when Emmy the Emmys like uh that's that's in the fall, right? That's at the end of summer like being in a fall or so it's like usually around September or Ish. something. 
this year it's was all like messy because of you know well reasons. yeah but yeah i think it's usually in the fall so it's there's like, still a few months before yeah it's like the unofficial yeah, it's gonna be a while before we get nominations not, not for nothing like you know uh black panther got some nods like uh, the marvel movies have always gotten like sort of visual effects nods and editing nods technical awards you know they, they've always been like considered for those because they're like well we'll We'll deign to uh, respect that mm-hmm. work because, you know, but uh, there, there's something that, you know, that, that there, there's definitely a trend like, for example, in the Oscars where um, movies, movies about movies or movies about yeah. acting like, you know, Shakespeare in Love La La and Land. Uh, La La Land, anything about L.A., anything about making films, anything about making movies has a leg up. Yeah. Um, it, mm-hmm. at the awards. So something like this, a TV show about the power of t- about TV shows, it actually has a shot. So do you think the amount of meta involved with the TV show about the magic of television is enough to counteract the marvel be- of it all? I don't know. I I think um I think it puts it in contention. I think so. Um I th- I think I think WandaVision might be their most what might be the MCU's most prestigious winningest thing. Yeah. Um yeah. so far. Yeah. Just because there's so much there for the critics and the voters to chew on that they love and care about. Like things like that, about like, you know, the guy who did the practical effects and was mentored by the people who did the visual effects for I Dream of Genie, for God's sake. There's so many connections yep. in there and things that they care about that they're more likely to not throw it out of hand, you know. Also, I would just love for Catherine Hahn to give halfway to an EGOT. <laughs> yes, please. That would be uh that would be something. So now we've had like about a week to digest and really kind of filter and process this <sighs> show. How do you guys feel? I still feel yeah, I still feel really happy with the series. I think they chose a specific story to tell, a specific message about grief and, and you know, processing that, and they did a really good job with that. I don't have an affinity for shows about grief. I do not adore The Haunting of Hill House in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> Your nose just grew. <laughs> oh my god, the love for... There There were a couple of things that, that I wish they might have picked up. You know, I, I wish Monica had, have, had a little more time in the finale. I wish Darcy'd had a little more time in the finale. Yeah. But, but... they chose to focus on the one story and that's fine there is a scene that was not able to make it to the final cut because the vfx was not done in time Mm -hmm. and that would have had monica darcy i think ralph and the twins and it was this gonna be this thing where they go and try to steal the dark hold supposedly maybe trying to bring like take some power away from agatha i don't know but then uh, I know part but of it. But then Senior Scratchy turns into a demon. <laughs> yes, Senior Scratchy turns out to be a demon, which everyone sort of knew all along. It's just a rabbit. <laughs> Run away! Bunnies aren't cute like everybody supposes. They've got them ho- those hoppy legs and twitchy little noses. And what's with all the carrots? Oh my goodness, that's great! Oh, that's a connection I hadn't thought of. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been amazing, but um, I think the the reason for cutting that was is is um, not just, it wasn't like a matter of time or tone or anything. It was everybody had to start working from home, including the visual effects artists. Mm-hmm. 
and mm-hmm. they just didn't have the power they needed to get it done in time. So that that is one of the unfortunate things about this show. Like it's it's a good show. It's a great show. I've really I really enjoyed what we got. I'm really happy with it. But at the same time, there are lots of, you know, interviews that you can go check out with uh, you know, Jack, the the writers, the directors, like, you know, the stars like talking about it about a number of compromises and changes and edits and and things that had to to be changed on account of the fact that this show was filming as the pandemic began. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there, you know, there were there were versions of this show where they're like, ah, 10 episodes, nine episodes, 10 episodes, nine episodes. You know, they went back to nine. There was there, you know, the scene with Senor Scratchy and Ralph and Darcy getting more to do, you know, Ralph getting to say more than please don't kill me. Um, <laughs> and and, uh, you know, that's one scene that they talk about. And it's a scene that's worth talking about because it's like, oh, look, the bunny turns into a demon. But there were probably other scenes. There's probably a number of little scenes yeah. that we would have loved, like with the, you know, our, our friends, the trio of, uh, you know, Jimmy and, and Darcy and Monica getting more to do. But, you know, the real world interfered yep. and had an effect on on how you can tell a story. And they just did the best they could. And the best they could was great. I'm, I'm really happy yeah. with it. But mm-hmm. at the same time. You know, there's an alternate universe out there where COVID-19 was uh, successfully handled by President Hillary Clinton, and uh, <laughs> we got <laughs> and we got the original uh, intended emails. version. For butter emails. Uh, oh, hey, sorry, one listener, we just lost. <laughs> <laughs> where were we? So you were talking about, you know, like the the changes that they had, the sacrifices that they had to make for COVID and and all of that. Yeah. I mean, we lot, you know, we know of this one scene that got cut. Maybe they'll put the top. Maybe Disney will say, "Hey, go ahead and put the money into finishing it and add it as a deleted scene." Maybe we'll get a blooper reel. That would be pretty funny. Uh, I mean, I would love a blooper reel. If anybody has the money to do it, it's Disney. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we can always hope. But I'm happy with the the end result that we got. Yeah, it's it's very good. And I I there's one aspect of sort of uh, you know the last uh, since it's ended and and the discourse on the twitters and the other social social medias that has the discourse. That yeah, the, this is one aspect of the discourse that has uh, driven itself under my fingernails like bamboo shoots. Uh, is is this notion that like you know. Oh, the fandom that got all carried away with our our predictions about Mephisto and I guess Immortus and other people, and like you know, as an example, like Jack Schaefer, uh, the writer, um, like you know, said in a, in an interview, I think it was on with Vanity Fair. I think um, so. I'm not sure which, but she was like, "Yeah, the fandom started talking about Mephisto," and I'm like, "Who's Mephisto?" <laughs> we all got a little carried away, but at the same time, like. There's there's this sort of there's this um, part of the narrative on Twitter that's driving me nuts where like maybe it's just who I'm following. Maybe it's just my Twitter. Uh, but a lot of people who are like, I can't believe you nerds got so excited about this and worked yourself into a lather about Mephisto or, <laughs> you know, or oh, Nightmare please. or Kang or whatever. They like, spend, you're the problem. They spent three and, weeks talking about hypothetical football trades. No, yeah. no, 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 no. The the people who are who are talking about how how the audience has gotten carried away are not the people who are making you know fantasy football trades. 
Uh, that's that's not who's. Oh, are they just the mean nerds? Yeah. yeah I mean, like a little bit. It's all of but um, I know. mean, mostly I'm just seeing the people who are disappointed and the people who refuse to let Evan Peters not actually being Peter Maximoff go. So here's the thing: WandaVision was probably the first big show that to come out of an incredibly long content drought and. The yeah. nature of the show, they said, we're going to do this thing. It's going to go through the decades of sitcoms. It's going to be weird. You're not going to know what happens until towards the end, right? They only screened the first three episodes for the press. So you know there's mm-hmm. going to be weird stuff going down. And those first three episodes don't tell you anything. It's ripe for speculation. I I think, like, just given the energy of your viewer base, like it's natural that you're going to get speculation, especially when you have such a long history for the characters to pull from. Like, mm-hmm. and, and not for nothing, but like these same, you know, these, these people on Twitter, they're like, Oh, why did you speculate about, you know, blankety blank and blankety blank? And you're getting your work selves worked up. And like, this is your problem. And you're getting disappointed about a show that they weren't making. W- that kind of flies in the face of like these interview, you know, these things where, uh, you know, Paul Bettany's like, I feel kind of bad about telling people that I was really excited to work, you know, as a joke, I was like talking about acting with myself and, you know, Emma Caulfield being like, yeah, I was cast as kind of a red herring specifically to, to get at people who are watching these genre shows and the whole Evan Peters thing where like the audio description says the, the Fox the Fox X-Men version of Quicksilver. And and, mm-hmm. and it's like you cast Evan Peters as your Quicksilver stand-in. It's like, it's not, people weren't pulling this out of their butts. Yeah. It's, yeah. Th- we weren't making something out of nothing. And not only were we not making something out of nothing, but the creators intentionally wanted us right. to do this. It's a part that of the experience. The it's a point. part of the show. And also it drives viewership. Right. there's the pure capitalist version right there but also i was i was talking um to my mom about the pandemic hopefully coming to an end sort of soon as uh you know the vaccine rolls out all of us have had at least one shot here on this podcast i've had both science get stabbed becca's had both uh (laughs) <laughs> we will we will be immune to COVID by the time Black Widow comes out, and I was just like so that is going to be my excited. That is going to be my first because, movie in theaters in a year. I know, and I'm just like the. I was remembering the feeling of going to that Thursday night 9 p.m. showing of a film where it's just packed with the most diehard of fans mm. who have been waiting for this, and it just like thrums with energy and the cheers and the audience reaction. That moment in Endgame. uh, (laughs) All of those moments in Endgame. There's a lot of moments in Endgame, but not for nothing, like, as, as much as, as Black, as much as I wanted to see Black Widow in the first place, I think Black Widow is gonna get a lot more audience reaction than it would have gotten last year. I think there's a chance Mm -hmm. the numbers will be down, but the energy around it will be up. And that's sort of what I was saying is like in the wake of not having films and only like quote only having this TV show, um, it, it, it felt close to that feeling, yeah. you know, 
the excitement about it. And sure, there was disappointment because everyone who's like a diehard fan is always thinking, like, what are they going to do? Did you know in West Coast Avengers number 75, blankety blank, blankety blank, <laughs> saw blankety blank and said blankety blank. There's, there's something. Exactly. There was something really awesome about knowing that Disney Plus was going to just crash every Friday morning at three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, the sustained excitement yeah. of waiting every week. And I'm like, I'm looking forward to that again. We're talking in the Winter Soldier. I'm excited. Yeah. And I, it's going to be a different kind of anticipation because like, so I get the feeling that the story for Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to be maybe not super straightforward, but it will be will, easier to track. More straightforward. Than Wanda created a sitcom. It, it will be relative. At no point do I expect <laughs> Falcon and the Winter Soldier to change aspect ratios. Right. I mean, I don't know about you, but I would totally watch a sitcom of Sam and Bucky, like, odd couple style. Oh, 100%. Just saying. <laughs> Absolutely. I want... I want there to be more Lord of the Rings talk. I mean, that's part of... So that's part of the reason I watch... I rewatch Winter Soldier, right? Because I wanted to get back in that, you know, suspense-like type of atmosphere and it's awesome and but also i just wanted to have sam and and bucky back on my screen something that i noticed about uh the captain america comics or or at least i mean so there's there's captain america himself but Mm -hmm. anytime something happens to him and and the story is about falcon or winter soldier or u.s agent or Anybody else, red, white, and black, any any of those other stories, it seems like there's a lot of short stories associated with Captain America. It seems like there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like sort of, not one shot, because one shot implies like one comic, but there's a lot of like yeah. a writer has a good idea for what he wants to do with the idea of Captain America, and it's just like, I want to write five issues, and that's it. I feel like a lot of comic book stories have traditionally been like four or five maybe at max six parts because if you look at like the the title pages or like the first page when you open it up it's usually like the name of an arc part one of four or whatever right, yeah but because of the way it used like it isn't until recently that we started having number ones all the freaking time yeah. And I it used to just be like Cuz that makes it more valuable. Writers would change, creative teams would change. That's usually when you would get the point 1, but it would just kind of um, you know, it would go like issues up to like 600. Yeah. Cuz these Look things at- have been going for years and years, but they were all like four to five issue mm-hmm. stories. Yeah, and that always fit well for when they packaged them into a trade. Um, mhm. You know, sometimes you get like two... collecting Captain America yep. number three hundred twenty-five through three hundred forty-one. Yep. I don't know. And I think there was this this mistaken idea that having you know number ones told people where to start, but when you have so many number ones, <laughs> when you have so many number ones, that's not possible. Gets a little extra confusing. Yeah, like which volume are we talking about yeah. now? Because like it does not help. It doesn't. No, I have actually found that it has made it harder for me to stay up to date on comics. Hundred percent. Because, and I—that's really a shame. Because I got hardcore into reading comics after mm-hmm. Avengers came out, and this like took over my life. And then in the last like maybe three or four years, 
I've really fallen off. I have noticed that um, Marvel, with their books, they're putting, like, legacy numbers on some of them. Like, it'll still be, like, number 12, but then underneath in small numbers, it'll be, like, legacy issue number 173, depending on the character. So helpful. Which is... It's <laughs> not useful. It's not. It's not. Uh, and then, and then D- with DC Comics, like Wonder Woman just went back to its its big numbers, so she's on like issue seven hundred and seventy right now. I'm like, whatever. I'm sure Tales from the Short Box could tell you all about why comics are numbered the way they're numbered, but we can't. Nope. Just speaking about Wonder Woman briefly. Um, did you hear the piece of like news that came out where apparently Joss Whedon kept referring to Diana as Natasha yeah. on set for Justice League? I did not hear about that. I, what? I was it was I think um a part of like a Ray Fisher quote. Maybe I he think. was drunk. No, I think he was pissed that people didn't like Age of Ultron and was really hung up on it. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that did I think that did have an effect on him. Yes, really also, but like the thing in in Justice League with Barry falling face first into Diana, that's like copy pasted from Ultron yeah. and like five other Joss things. So he really loves that trope. Yeah, that and robot dicks, <laughs> <laughs> boob face plants and robot dicks. The Joss Whedon. <laughs> 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 he speaks to me. <laughs> so comics having individual story arcs, I I miss that. So speaking of comics with story arcs, yes. I decided just to poke my nose back into some pretty classic stuff from around 2005. Who was writing Cap at that point? Remember? Brubaker. Brubaker? Who I have issues okay. with. Um, but I will save those unless they come up. Um, which they might. Because Sharon Carter is going to be a main character Sharon. in this show. And thank God, because she really got screwed over in the movies. But um, so there's been speculation. And I think valid thought is that Steve is going to be dying of old age in the first episode. And that, that he will be, well, there will be a few. Yeah, we know the him. title of the, the first episode, right? It's um, we do. I, I think I, I thought I, I could swear I saw it on Twitter. I could swear seeing it and there was something about the title sort of implied like the death of Captain America, you know, the death of yeah. old Captain America. And there are elements of what we've seen in the promos that kind of leads you to believe that's what happened. There's like a really great like sort of from below shot. A memorial or, sort of shot. A memorial yeah. shot of like uh, of Sam in a suit with a big poster of Cap like yeah. in the background. Mm-hmm. So there's sort of there's stuff there to lead you to believe that he's at some sort of a memorial service or a funeral service or something for Steve Rogers. Yeah. So it makes sense that in the first episode, old man Cap from Endgame is like, you know what? I quit <laughs> and dies. <laughs> so with that in mind, what I went back to read was the death of Captain America. Nice. Um, That's smart. So for people who are not familiar, this actually happened right on the tail of Civil War, to put everything kind of in perspective. And obviously, you can't see it, but Chris just mimicked being shot by a sniper. Yeah. Which is what happened to Steve Rogers when he was going to be arraigned. Obviously, it's not going to be that sort of story because... If Cap is dying, he's he's died of old right, age of natural not, causes. Yeah. But sort of the feel of what happens afterward of like, okay, well, this huge icon is now gone. Who like yes, he gave the shield to 
to Sam. And I think it's very important that the series ends with Sam becoming Captain America. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the series is going to him is going to be him being like, I don't know if I'm ready to be Captain America. I don't know if I should be Captain America. It's going to be about legacy. I think it's going to be about legacy. Also, I think it might take a turn to what does it mean to be patriotic and to represent America in that way? Because Steve was very much not a patriot the way that like the term patriot gets used a lot today. He's he doesn't care about America, the country. He cares about the America, the idea that it could. America isn't a place. America is a people. (laughs) (laughs) Eh, which, uh, sit down, Thor. You're drunk. I don't know if you if America a place, America a people, Asgard a place, Asgard a people. I mean, the way that that was was said could be taken worse. It, it, yeah, yeah, that's actually true. It could actually be worse. America yeah. is a people, and it's like, oh, what is that people? Ooh, not that great. Sometimes it's not a. I don't think it's a people so much as the I. Ideas that America could represent right. the idea yes. of liberty and justice for all. Yes, and and it's it's uh, interesting that in the um, the previews that we've gotten, the clips that we've gotten, we've seen absolutely. So we know um, what is it? I, Isaiah Brad, the the descendant of the the main character from Red, White, and Black, which I read in a Hastings bookstore right. in two thousand like three, <laughs> like just sitting there for hours. Yeah. You know, I haven't read it since. I need to reread it, I guess. But we have seen nothing from that character. We've seen mm-hmm. nothing from U.S. Agent. We've seen. We haven't seen no. a lot. There, there's, there, there are people that we know have been cast that are significant and matter and are a part of like yeah. this idea of legacy. Like there's, you know, there've been those shots of like um, Sam and Bucky at a what appears to be a plantation somewhere in the South, talking about how mm-hmm. like the legacy of the Shield is complicated. And like, what does it mean mm-hmm. to be American? There's a lot that's been left out that I think we're going to get that's going to make some viewers uncomfortable. I hope so. But I think I think it's really important to hopefully talk about Isaiah Bradley because yeah, it does represent that really complicated history. Sam is not the first black Captain America and we got Captain America because they weren't going to give this serum to a white guy right off the bat. They were going to make sure it didn't kill him, and they were going to do it by experimenting on black soldiers, which, unfortunately, America has a really long history of doing. Uh, It's the American way. The syphilis experiment. Just, you know, things and stuff. Um, But... Also, Little Young Avengers' brain is going, Eli, 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 Eli. Of course it is. Also, speaking of actors we know have been cast, so there's one actress who is on the IMDb list. Are you talking about Enfys Nest? The one that puts on the mask in the promos? The, the um, I think... The the red hair and freckles one, yeah. right? Yes! From 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 Star Wars, from a Star Wars story, Hans from the Solo Han, Han Solo oh. Star Wars storyo uh, storyo. See, Jesus. I never saw that movie. It's a fun movie. It's not bad. It's kind of like a bad idea, and they shouldn't have done it. But it, as a movie <laughs> itself, like if you can take that part out of it, it's okay. Erin Kellyman is the actor's name. She doesn't. She's in six episodes, but is not credited. Mm-hmm. Wait, and what? She had or. No, She's, She's not named. Episodes, but there's no character name next to her. Ah. Yeah. And, but she's very striking in that 
looking at her headshot, she has bright red hair and a lot of freckles. Yeah. And there is one specific Captain America villain with red hair and freckles, and that is okay. Sin. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I heard. That's what I've seen online. Although I wonder how I wonder how they're gonna play with the because Sin obviously being abbreviated for Cynthia, Cynthia Schmidt, uh Oh. Red skulls. Hold on, red skulls. What? Red skull poofed off to Vormir. Yeah. But I guess what? he had kids. Oh, that's crazy. I mean, Ooh. Ugh. Oh my goodness, that's interesting. Anyway, but yeah, in in Solo as Enfys Nest, she was a pretty cool character who also wore a mask and like mm. beat people up on a train as opposed cool. to a semi truck. So it's very much the same thing. <laughs> I'm all for women beating up people on moving objects. I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I don't know anything about sin. Like, I'm not, I, like, I saw that online. I saw, like, is this sin? And I'm like, oh, I guess. Didn't, um, in the comics, didn't she have a thing with Rumlow? Yes, she's sort of a paramour well, he did. of Rumlow. <laughs> and also, he's, he would be too old for her. Obviously, he's dead, he's gone, but she's still a fairly interesting character. And I, I just think that would be an interesting way to go. I'm also interested, like, I'm genuinely interested in seeing what they do with Zemo, because I think he's, he's got interesting motivation. He does. I the kind Barons of are right. empathize. So, oh, okay, okay. I had fun with this on Twitter. You did. So, between, um, all right. So, at the end of WandaVision, as much as Wanda is our hero, and we feel for her, and we emerge from her, in the events of this show, there are nearly 4,000 people who were super duper not down with Wanda and what she did and yeah. and, and uh, like the whole concept of the fact that she's not going to face any sort of repercussions. I mean, you can't. Like, there's no way you could conceivably charge this person with like uh, uh, false imprisonment, you know, kidnapping basically, and she should be in prison. But you can't send somebody to prison who could turn the prison into whatever she wanted it to be or just leave. Um this is not going to happen. So she's on the run. doesn't matter. But for these 3,900 people, she's a bad person and they're not happy. And uh, is there somebody in the MCU who might go after oh. sorcerers or magic users who abuse their power? Oh, there's not just one. So specifically for magic users, there is Bor Baron Mordo uh, from, uh, from, uh, from the, uh, from the Dexter Dr. Strange film. He might be interested in the activities of one Scarlet Witch. Indeed and since she will be in Doctor Strange 2, perhaps he'll be there too and might have something to say about the fact that she victimized 4,000 people. Um, so, so Baron Mordo might, might find himself uh, a, a, a kindred spirit in Baron Zemo. <laughs> Uh, Zemo and Mordo together at last. The Baron Club! Killing all the super people because they shouldn't yeah. exist. And, uh, you know, as much as they're the villains in the MCU, in reality, I might be on their side. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, not, not Zemo from the <laughs> comics because he was a Nazi. Right. But Zemo, where he's just like, I, you know, I was a Balkan military guy and my family was... got killed by Avengers. Blah. Yeah, rewatching re Civil War was, was really great. Like that, I, man, I remember like watching that movie the first time and it's just like, who is this guy and what is he doing? Why did he drown that guy in a sink? 
<laughs> what is he doing at this hotel? I don't get it. I was it. also just like, it, with the sink, I was just like, dude, do a sit-up, do a crunch. Yeah. Just, you can move your nope. torso and not... Not abdominals. Not just could he have done a sit-up, he could have just done a sit-up once and moved his head outside of the sink. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he could have rested his head on the edge of the sink and been fine. He kind of seems like he was given, he kind of like given up on life anyways. He's like, well, I might as well go out like this. I quit. I think he, I think he had given up on life, yeah. <laughs> It's going to be really awesome when the cops find me. <laughs> they call, I'm sorry, now I'm just thinking like they bring in the BAU and the criminal minds. Folks come in trying to figure out what kind of person. This person is obviously sick and twisted in some I would like to hear their attempt at a profile on Wanda. <laughs> oh, on Wanda? On, I would, if they, if they had to do an attempted profile on the Hex, I, want, I would want to they- know what it would be. Did they ever do a, a, the Criminal Minds? Did that show ever do a, a profile on somebody who hadn't killed someone? Yeah. Yeah. They did kidnappings. They did mm-hmm. hostage situations. They do cool stuff with that show. Or at least they, they, they used to. Did. I haven't watched it in seasons. Well, it's being revived, so. Wait, but what? Already? Whoa, wait. Yeah. Didn't that just end like two years ago? It just ended last year. Last year? And they're reviving it specifically to push subscriptions for Paramount Plus. Uh, fuck off. Because it dominates Netflix streaming numbers. Mm. That's true. That is where my wife and I watched it. Anyway, back to Captain America. (laughs) Well, as much as I said, we, uh, this kind of like comes out of nowhere, but but, but, uh, as much as I said that we hadn't really seen any of uh, the Bradleys or we saw, I think I'm pretty sure we saw us agent that shot of like somebody like running onto the football field. Yeah. I'm that pretty is, sure that's him. That's almost certainly us agent. I would like to see what they do with him. Do you think Zemo's are re- related to sin? Like, oh, well not related, but do you think Zemo and sin are working together? If they're not at the beginning, hmm. maybe they will be at the end. Mm, interesting. And not for nothing. The, uh, I, I can't remember his name, but the, uh, the sort of the showrunner for Falcon and the Winter Soldier has talked about like, you know, we've got ideas for season two, the, you know, season yeah. two, as much as people mistakenly were like, Oh, what's, what's WandaVision season two going to be like, no, that's not going to happen. Uh, and, and sort of have, taken Feige's comments about like anytime we do one of these things we we always consider the possibility that we'll do more WandaVision there isn't going to be a season two no. but Falcon and the Winter Soldier that's maybe, conceivable maybe yeah there might be yeah there might be a second season yeah there might be more <laughs> I mean the more for WandaVision is Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange yeah slash potentially young Avengers yeah. in the future right. like that's that's the future of that yeah. I mean I think I'm I'm excited for it to start I don't know what to expect so I expect memes I expect all the marriage counseling oh, memes. all I, the memes I I expect to be dazzled by 40 million dollars per episode <laughs> yeah Jesus oh. Christ yeah this is a yeah this is an ex Expensive venture. This blows the record out of the water. Um, yeah, yeah. This week, two more sleeps, guys. Two more sleeps. Then we can two more sleeps. We get to we get to log into Disney Plus at like ten in the morning and be like, ah, click. I'm doing my work. I promise. Or it'll be like three o'clock in the afternoon for me. Or you could be like those people on the East Coast waking up at three a.m. Fuck that. I only was the only time I was able to watch it like first thing was for the finale because. 
I couldn't sleep because my back was bothering me so much that I woke up at four o'clock in the morning and just was like, fuck it. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I think the earliest I've watched was 5 a.m. when I woke up because some idiot cat was knocking shit over. Was it the pod cat? It's the pod cat. He likes the sound of crinkling paper, so he likes to destroy my comics. That little bastard. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, if you have enjoyed this episode, give us a five-star rating, a lovely review, uh, and perhaps uh, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like the sound of me and Chris's voice, please listen to Geek by Night on whatever podcast platform you belong to. And if you only like the sound of my voice, go ahead and check me out on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, where I talk about the 1990 live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute movies. Damn it. I almost had it. Movies, one <laughs> minute at a time. Except for the third one, which you do three minutes at a time. Okay, because... yeah, except for the third one, which we're doing three minutes at a time because it's a bad <laughs> Because <movie>. it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you enjoy the entire family of dueling genre... Come check out our Patreon. Join, get extra content. It's, what's the? We do fun shit. What is the? Uh, what is the Patreon like content? Exclusive content for for us? Like at like nine hundred episodes or something? It's absurd. It's really Jesus, high. Really? Uh, it's really high. Maybe not nine hundred, but it's really high. Hey, subscribe to our Patreon and find out whether or not I was correct about it being nine hundred exclusive episodes. <laughs> Ooh. Is is Geek by Night classic on the Patreon? Uh, like maybe the one we recorded thirteen, fourteen in 2008? years ago. Two thousand eight, two thousand. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, that's so, kind of how we first met, Chris. That is how we first met. It was the second thing we did together. That's, it was the second podcast we did together. That is true. We uh, who? What did you do on Buffy Between the Lines? Um, I only voiced Dawn's friend Janice, okay. but I did a lot of writing and some directing. Gotcha, gotcha. Then it was Geek by Night, where we have been antagonizing each other for years. Those, those Geek by Night table reads in 2008, where I was like in my apartment alone, and it was just like, I, hold on, I think a crackhead is knocking on my apartment door. <laughs> it adds a certain spice to things. Yeah. I feel bad and about Spike it. I think that guy worked. actually lived there and that he was just disabled in some way. Uh, anyway. Until next time, don't don't commit any superhuman crimes. Don't get caught. Don't get caught committing superhuman crimes. Don't don't give Zemo or Mordo any reason to kill you. No indictable offenses. Yeah, that too. Excelsior. <laughs> <laughs>